Okay, a few announcements, uh, some things to touch on. Uh, Carrie Berkey is in declining conditions in ICU, so they've asked for us to include them, him in our prayers. Um, both Charlie and Gail are now both coughing and sneezing, and they don't know what they've got, uh, but uh, they're self-isolating themselves until hopefully whatever they've got passes. Um, continue to remember those that we have that uh, are going into surgery or going on radiation treatment. Uh, we've got several people that are in those, those particular categories, but uh, short announcements, but you know, a lot of things going on and, and of course, things are still a little bit unclear as far as where we're going and, and when we're gonna get there as far as the uh, uh, opening things up all the way we'd like to. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Father in heaven, we're so thankful that we can come to you in prayer anytime, all the time, Father, for comfort, for guidance, for the love that you have for us, Father. Father, those in Rockledge are, are struggling right now, Father. Their minister is having a very, very difficult time, Father. Be with those that are ministering to him and be with Carrie. Strengthen him, Father. Bring him back a measure of health, Father. Those of ours that are going through different treatments that we have, and the difficulty that they have, help them to regain their health, regain their strength. Because, Father, we miss them. When they're here back with us again, with them strong, because together we're stronger with you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Wednesday night live. This is the class to put some peak into your week and keeps your week going in a positive direction. Tonight we're starting a whole different series. It's one that you all voted for. It's be bold and be bold, be brave and courageous. If you'll pray with me, please. Father, thank you for this time together. And thank you for everyone who has come out tonight. We ask that the class help us be closer drawn to you and help me get out of the way so that people can see you and what you desire in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't have any... These two monitors are off. That's all right. This is the class where we learn from each other. It's not a lecture series. This is an open discussion where we take time to learn from each other. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. That gives me some time to see. So uh, I encourage you, make comments. Make suggestions. Ask questions. We'll see if we can come together and get some answers. Let's start off with this one. 
Why do you think change makes people feel uncomfortable? turned off her, her curling iron. I like change. You like change? It's exciting. It's a challenge for me. It keeps me alert and aware. And um, it's interesting. And if uh, I did the same thing all the time, I think I might be bored. And I have so many different things I do in my life that um, it's really nice to have change. And it's a challenge always for me. And I always like that in the workplace. And I work jobs all over the country. Everyone was different. I'm used to it. Thank you. All right. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 most of the evening. We're going to take a, a detour into a couple other passages, but mostly here. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great U river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Why do you think Joshua is referred to as Moses' aid. Chuck. Was. Because yes. he was. <laughs> the answer, but That's the obvious one, yes. <laughs> Anybody else? Sue. Well, for, for a long time, he was Moses' right-hand man. He was there helping me him out. 
he was the one that led into battle that when Moses and somebody, uh, Moses was supposed to hold his hands up and they had to have somebody help hold his hands up. Joshua was the one down there leading the battle. Okay. So he, he did those kinds of things for him, but he also, as he grew and got stronger, he, I think, did more for Moses as he got older. Because Mo Moses was like 130 when he died or something like that. So. Okay. Chuck. He's also one of the two spies that came back that said, we can go in there. We can take it. Okay, so you don't hear too much about Caleb, but you do see Joshua was probably at that particular point is where Moses said, this one's special. And he probably, from the, for, the, for the entire 40 years, was uh, mentoring Joshua uh, and, and, and saw that he believed, he had his faith in God, said, we can take it. We can do this. <laughs> so Joshua fought the Amalekites. Sue was referring to this. As Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Because they've not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of them men 20 years or more who came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not one except Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. They followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So who selects Joshua to lead? This is what? This is easy. Yes, yeah, this is easy. This is hard. You want to back up? God selects him. And he says, you're the man. Okay. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, God's speaking to Moses. I think that's 31. Because of you, the Lord became angry with me and said, you shall not enter it either. For your assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, will enter it. Encourage him. Because he will lead Israel to inherit it. What do you think prepared Joshua to lead the nation of Israel? He's been mentoring by Moses for 40 years. Good. Sue. Well, when he and the 12 spies went into Israel, he was, his faith was tried in God. Uh, and he had faith that God would deliver the land to the Israelites. And he trusted God and he saw where 
his having faith, should I say, paid off, that it was, it was the right thing to do, trusting God. And because he trusted God, things went well for him, he got to go in. Okay, good, thank you. If you, if you use this as an analogy, kind of like the New Testament, going out of slavery into the Promised Land, Joshua's there every single step of the way with his eyes on the goal. He's a lot like the apostles. The, the, you know, the requirement for them was they had to be there every single step of the way, and Joshua was. Very good. Thank you, Dad. Why do you think Joshua felt that when God chose him, how, what do you think Joshua felt when God chose him to lead Israel into the promised land? Chuck. How do I follow Moses? You imagine having that as the standard, and now you're the new leader? It's even, the good leader. It's even more than a standard. Moses wasn't good enough to get in. Now you got to do one step better than that. <laughs> Ooh, yes. I hadn't thought of that. How do you think, how did God deal with Joshua's fears? One of the things in the question just above, Joshua had to feel like if Moses couldn't get these stiff-necked people to go and do what they were supposed to and obey God, how am I ever going to get them to do so we can get into that promised land? So he had to have that fear of Moses failed. What makes me think I can do it? Yeah, very good. So what promise did God give Joshua? Check. Don't worry. I'll be with you. I'll always be there with you. I'm going to help you. Yeah. God says, I'm always going to be with you. Uh, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What about when we're dealing with the battles of life? When it gets tough for us. Peter! You know, uh, for my life, that passage, Footprints in the Sand, always described what my life was. When I thought I was alone, God was carrying me all the time. And um, I had, did not acknowledge him, and um, he's cared for me all my life. Okay, thank you. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is known as as the marching orders for the disciples. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the ages. So the promise is, as we go out and we make disciples, 
we don't have a reason to be afraid because God's with us like he was with Joshua. It's, it's a pledge that we can use today. Whether we are proclaiming the gospel, standing in front of people and doing it, those who teach, sometimes it, it's tough. But then there's times when some of us have to battle things like emotions. Loneliness. Or there's an important decision you've got to make one way or another. And you got a little afraid that you might make the wrong one. The importance is that God's still there. Sue. Pledge to us. He'll always be with us and never forsake us. It's not just in Matthew. It's lots of places in the New Testament where he promises his children, I will always be with you. Okay. Susan. Well, I think all of that's true, but you also have to step into the next verse, which there's a responsibility on your part for the Lord to do that. And he says that you have to obey the law, not don't deter from it. And, and that's a warning and an encouragement, but it's also, and we, we know that's reiterated several times to the people, if you stay with me, I will. And as we know, since we can look back at history, that when they wandered away, God was with them, but they still had to pay a price. You know, it's not, not, not undermanding what he's saying, but we do need to realize we can't turn our back on him either. Very good point. I appreciate it. I hadn't thought of it, but it's a great point. Okay, what do you think God, why do you think he, reckon, he recommends, he reminds Joshua concerning how he'd been with Moses in verse 5? Joshua's going to face some times or every bit as tough as standing up to Pharaoh. He's going to stand up to kings of seven nations with armies behind them. Um, I'm sure every time he does that, he, has to, he, he can back think well, like this. He has this ahead of time. I was there with Moses. I'll be with you each time too. Okay, very good. Thank you. Sue? I think today that's why it's so important that we share with other people uh, when we've gone through a hard time and God's been with us and he's carried us through, that we share that with other people and that they can, they can grow from it as much as we grow from it. And I, I, I just think that it was important that, you know, he had seen Moses even when everybody turned against him and going to stone him and they were all going back to Egypt, you know. God was with them. Okay, good. Chuck. Yeah, that, that was a tangible situation. All those situations were, Moses was in jeopardy, and Moses was not destroyed, okay? You had the, what, the, the, the rebellion of Korah, mm -hmm. um, which was, that was, that was really, 
There was no way to say that wasn't God in the fact that he swallowed them all up in the earth. Yeah. To protect Moses, to protect the people from the influence they would have. So he could think back, he says, yeah, I remember. I remember how he was with Moses. But, but Joshua's stepping in a different position than he's had. It's one thing to be somebody who's an advisor to the leader. It's a whole different thing to be the leader. Okay, thank you. They come back with the support, the bad news in, in chapters 13. And in chapter 13, they say, it's a nice land, just like God said it was. It's a nice land. Flows with milk and honey. But the cities are well fortified. And they, they have these armies that are ready. And the sons of Anak are there. So we look like grasshoppers compared to these guys. We can't go in. And God says, in chapter 14, they decide to, they want, we'll stone these people. We'll stone Moses and get him out of the way. And then we'll elect a leader who will take us back to Egypt. They're still not caught. I've got to go back to Egypt. It didn't matter how bad it was. I've got to go back to Egypt. And even here, when God shows them how nice the land is that he is giving them, they want to stone Moses and go back to Egypt. Okay, good. First time we read of this word, Moses summons Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. For the Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, and do not, do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged. So that's the first time we read of somebody saying being strong and courageous. Now, the words back then were battle words. You were going into battle, be strong and courageous. They still do that whenever you have sports teams. They, they rev you up. Uh, soldiers get revved up before they're going into a situation they know is going to be tough. That's what this is meant to do. They know it's going to get tough for Joshua, so they're trying to get him ready for it by getting him revved up. So he picks up on that beginning in verse 6. God says, be strong and be courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give, that I swore to their forefathers to give. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it both day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be 
prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Why do you think he told him to meditate on the, the book of law? Like, that's what Moses wrote, the first five books, book of law. Why do you think he wants to meditate on it? That's all there was. <laughs> that's all there was. <laughs> okay, Chuck. You, he needed that. As a leader, he needed to know what he needed to lead the people to and what he needed to lead the people away from. And that was the book of law. Very good. What did God say meditation on the book of the law would accomplish? It says it will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Okay, so we will be prosperous and have, and have great success. Okay, good. What advice would you offer a new Christian about learning God's Word? This is good advice. The fact that it says, uh, do not let it depart from your mouth. That means, you know, you're constantly talking about it. Uh, I would say that would include, you know, talking to others and studying with others. Uh, and you meditate on it day and night. That means what you study, what you read, you think about, you lay it up, even memorize some of it in your mind. And then it says, and, and do what is written. So that, those are three good steps. Okay, appreciate it. So far, Chuck. Part of it is understanding God. You understand who he is. I mean, part of it is, yeah, to do what you're just supposed to do, not supposed to do. But part of it is to understand just how much he loves us. Because that's the foundation for why we do what we do, is our response to all the things he's done for us almost demands us to, 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 to respond in a, in a like manner, to say, I want to follow you, I want to do the things that pleases you. So it, it kind of all goes together. If you don't know it, you're going to maybe view it as a rule book. Well, what, what does the rule say? Yeah. It's not a rule book. It's a, it's a book about life, how to live life, how to have eternal life, and how to know God. Very good. Yeah. Very good. According to the Barner Research Group, the number one thing that people think about God is he's mean. He's mean. He's not mean, but that's their concept of him. And that's more because we've taken our society view of him and when things happen that we don't like, we blame him, even if we set it up. Uh, what future blessings has God promised us 
that encourages us to do his will. Check. Eternal life. Eternal life. Big one. Sue. Well, and also if we do follow his word, listen to his word, obey his word, uh, we're going to have a better life here too. And he will be with us through the good times and the bad times. Thank you. What has God done for you in the past that encourages you to trust him in the future and to be bold and courageous? When Sue and I were first married, I was still a college student. She had graduated the year we got married. Sometimes it was kind of hard to do the classwork, to do the job, and to, to be there for the wife. It, it was one of those things I prayed about a lot back then. And we're still together, and I, I'm out of college, so that's a good sign. For me, the bus ministry is probably one of those things. I know early on, there were a lot of times I said, I'm done driving the bus. I'm not picking those wild kids up. <laughs> um, Matt did the same thing. It usually, if one of us was ready to quit, the other one said, no, we're, we need to keep going. And the day we both said it was time to quit, the wives begged us to keep going. And it's paid off. It, it's, you know, it's been 12 years we've been doing that kind of thing. When I look back at all the steps and what it took, the boldness and the courage to drive the bus for kids that they were, like I said, they were wild kids from the streets almost. They weren't, but I can like say it that way because it's a better story. But it became part of my family. Family. But it took a lot to get to that point. And I'll be more bold and courageous going forward knowing that that's always a possibility. Great example. Great example. Thank you. Oh, I, I was just, I, we have seen God be with us during uh, sickness, uh, health issues, when Michelle was so sick, uh, you know, and he brought us through that. When I was so sick, he brought us through that. Uh, you talked about being in college. Well, you know, we saw times when in early times we were in ministry that, you know, there wasn't enough money to buy a gallon of milk until we got the next paycheck. And sometimes things got really difficult and sometimes money showed up in the mailbox. And, you know, God has always taken care of us. Uh, even as much as I hate change, and I fought it tooth and toenail, and and you've had to drag me almost at times. Uh, 
when I got on the other side, I saw how God was using it for our good. Good, good example. This is the Amplified. Be strong, be confident, and of good courage. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, that you may do, a, that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not away from it, to the right hand or to the left, so that you may prosper wherever you go. The reason I included this one, he says, you be strong and be of good courage, be confident, because this will spread to the people. It won't just stay with you as a leader. You'll spread this confidence to the people, and then they'll inherit the land. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You shall observe and do according to all that's written in it, for then you shall make you, your way prosperous, and you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong, victorious, and very courageous? Be not afraid, neither dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We've got that same principle coming through in the Amplified. So Joshua is headed into battle. God told, calls him to be bold and courageous. What about today? The silence is stifling. Chuck. I think it's different. Because in his day, he was going in there against giants. Interesting, it's the same region. I'm going to refer to. But God was going to be with him and he was going to win. Mm -hmm. Okay, because God gave it to him. Not because they earned it, because they took it, but, but God gave it to them. We have places in the world, some of them are getting hotter than they were before. If you went in there bold and courageous for God, you'd be dead in about a day. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's different in the way that we spread the word. That that he sent him there to do was to go take land. Our job is to take hearts. And it's a lot harder to take a heart than it is to take land. Very good. That's an excellent thought. Sue. And we, we are fighting a spiritual battle. We fight against things we cannot see. But Satan is still alive and well and still fighting a battle for the, like Chuck said, for the control of other people's hearts, but also for the control of our hearts. Okay, good. Good. How do we deal with emotions such as fear, anxiety, self-doubt, and discouragement? Heidi has a comment online, and kind of applies this one too. 
She says one time the fire inspector came to her apartment house and said after looking at the furnace that the house should have blown up, but it didn't. She asked God to watch over her house. Sometimes it's just what you can't have to do. She has no control over the furnace. She's got no control over the structure of the building. If she worried about that stuff, that's all it's, you would never sleep at night. Very good. Hi, Chuck. Well, a lot of times we get involved in either fear, anxiety, discouragement, angst over things we have no control over. And part of that is pushing back and saying, I don't have any control over it. I may not like it, but I can't change it. Mm -hmm. And so I just have to kind of push it aside. Very good. Very good. What does Moses leave Joshua and Israel that will aid them in following God's will? Sue. Well, of course, he left them God's word, the book of law. Uh, but also he l left left them 40 years of trying to teach them uh, and for them to see you know even though they were wandering around in the desert it wasn't always good times and they could see where God had been with them and brought them through and Israel, those people now have grown up under Moses' leadership and they've seen all this. Um, and that should help them in following God's will. God tells Moses back in Deuteronomy, this is the guy that we're going to use to go into the land, so build him up. Sometimes we forget to build each other up, to say positive things to each other and about each other and actually build them up to the point that when God looked at Joshua, he didn't see a guy who could take the, on the task, so he gave it to Moses to build him to the point that he could. Chuck. thing, they had just had 40 plus years, not a whole lot more than 40, of demonstrative examples of God's power. And they had just come out of Egypt with Seth and all the other Egyptian gods. And they really didn't see a lot of power with those gods. I think Satan had some power then, and you saw some of it, certainly with the first two plagues, you saw that contrasting, you know, the power that was there certainly wasn't of the gods that were being displayed by, the, by, by Pharaoh's uh, sorcerers. But then you saw power that was far beyond what they had seen from gods they'd seen before. That God, God is the true and living God, the powerful God, the God that responds, the God that you can see things that he does as opposed to the God that's a stone or a piece of wood or whatever they made it out of. So that was not so much Moses, but God left them with, with a with an understanding to say, 
That's a real God, not just something that we've got up on the shelf. Okay, thank you. Very good. What steps would you take to develop courage? Chuck? I think one of it is understanding that courage means you're doing it and you're afraid when you're doing it. Understand if you're afraid, courage is what you have that helps you overcome that fear. If somebody's not afraid of something, that's not courage. So it actually is part of the fear. Good. Uh, here's some examples. Expecting, do you expect to fail? Do you learn to obey God's word? Do you expect God to help? Do you dare to take rest? Risk. Depend more on others and stop going alone or something else. If you go in expecting to fail, you usually do it very accomplished. That's where you're going to put all your efforts. I can't do that. That's going to be terrible. I just know I'm going to fail. So you've got to go in with the idea that God's there to help. Dare to take a risk every once in a while. And don't go it alone. All right, this Sunday, we'll be looking towards finishing up our study in 1 John as we finally get to the verse where God says that you can know you are saved. So we'll be looking at that. And a Sunday night, we'll be looking again at who is this man. Let me invite you to come out and be part of the group. I think it'll be interesting. So I will see you then. And thank you all for being so much into the class and participating. Uh, this is sort of like a small group where we support each other and we learn from each other. And I think that kind of class is the best kind of learning you can do. So thank you all, and you all have a nice evening.